0: This week on The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, we continue our study of the book of Beginnings, Genesis, with Enosh to Enoch, Methuselah to Noah, Corruption Increasing, God Speaks to Noah, and God's Covenant with Noah Foretold. Join me, Pastor Will Whedon, for The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, your daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study on demand. Listen at thewordendures.org or your favorite podcast provider.
1: Oh, Lord. reading from Hebrews chapter 4. So then, there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works, as God did from his. Let us therefore strive to enter that rest, so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes to whom he we, we must give an account. Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confessions. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Oh fear the Lord, you his saints; for those who fear him lack nothing. Fear God, he is the madness, for this is all the whole of men. Send out your light and your truth; let them lead me. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit.
0: So then, there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God, for whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. Let us therefore strive to enter that rest and with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Dear friends in Christ, in all four Gospels, the most heated confrontations between Jesus and the Pharisees revolve around the proper understanding of Sabbath rest. Jesus heals on the Sabbath, and according to St. John, the Pharisees seek to kill him because of it. Now, the healing of a man with dropsy at the house of a ruler of the Pharisees is the third and final healing in Luke's Gospel. The first time the Lord healed on the Sabbath, The Pharisees were outraged. The second time, they were ashamed. And this time, they are silent. And so Jesus asks, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? As a rhetorical question, they don't have to answer. He doesn't care what they think. He really doesn't care if it is lawful or not. He sees the need. The man standing before him is suffering from dropsy. And he has the means to relieve the man's suffering. And if that should cost him his life, if that should mean that he be beaten and betrayed, flogged and crucified, forsaken by the Father and endure an eternity of hell for sins that he did not commit, so be it. The Lord has compassion. He is moved by mercy. This healing will cost him his life, but he doesn't care. And that is the point of Jesus' next rhetorical question. He asks this, which of you having a son or even an ox that has fallen into a well on a Sabbath will not immediately pull him out? And now they are incapable of responding. The ESV translates it as they could not reply. But more literally, it means they had no strength or ability to reply. So at the first question, they chose to be silent. At the second, they were rendered silent by the Holy Spirit and became like dead men. The Lord doesn't care about their legal loopholes, about their excuses, or about their complex ethical debates. This isn't about them. It is about a man with dropsy and a man who would rather die upon a cross than walk away unscathed and let the devil have the sinners that he deserves. You see, the Lord looks upon sinners the way a mother looks upon her child in the cancer ward, or more accurately, like a mother looks upon her child convicted of murder and awaiting execution on death row. He knows that we are guilty, but he loves us and is desperate to save us. But despite that, he will not force himself upon them. If they will not bear witness to the goodness of the Sabbath rest, which God has won for his people, then they will lose their ability to speak forever. There is a pleading and a warning here. Do not remain silent in the presence of God's grace. Do not ignore the suffering around you. And don't consider only the physical, but also the spiritual suffering and the burdened consciences that do not know God's grace. You see, no one will ever hate you from hell for having told him the truth while he was alive, even if he hates you now. But someone could hate you from hell for having failed to tell him the truth, for having failed to warn him before it was too late. And what truth is that? Only this, that the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. This is a shocking truth that is scarcely known even in the church. The Lord gave the Sabbath to man that man might rest and receive God's gifts. But we in our pride have often turned it into something that we do not. For God. The perversion of the Sabbath day by the Pharisees, in other words, that we would earn God's favor by pious acts, is the common misunderstanding of worship still in our day. We have thought that worship is our service to God, that we come to church to do God a favor because He asks us to and wants us to. That is a demonic twisting of what God gave in the Sabbath and of what God gives now in the sacrament of the altar. There is a kind of truth in it, but it is a twisted and perverse truth that gets everything out of order and leads to despair. God gave the Sabbath not so that people would work, but for them to rest. He gives us his word and his body and blood not as an obligation. Not that we should come to be lectured and eat tasteless food, but that we might approach the throne of mercy and commune with God in word and sacrament. It's not that we might serve him, but that he might serve us. Because he doesn't need anything from us. We need everything from him. You see, the main action of God's service to man in worship in both the Old and the New Testaments is the forgiveness of sins. God gathers us together in order to bless and to heal us. So in the end, asking if it is lawful or not to heal on the Sabbath, is really just another way of asking whether or not it is lawful for God to forgive sins. Is it lawful for God to be merciful? Is it lawful to punish his innocent son in our place? Is it lawful to give us wages that we did not earn or feed us with food that we did not work for? or to accept our praise and our prayers even though we are not worthy? That is what is at stake. And that is what the Pharisees actually hate. They don't really care about people with dropsy. They are afraid of sinners getting off the hook for free, never realizing that they also are sinners in need of grace. Their eye is evil, because God is good. So the Lord Jesus Christ doesn't care if it is lawful. He is moved by compassion. He loves Pharisees. He loves you. He lays down his life to declare sinners righteous, which is the true Sabbath rest. And so let us, therefore, with confidence, draw near to the altar, which is the throne of grace, that we may enter that rest, receive mercy, and find grace to help in time of need. In the name of Jesus, amen.
1: We give thanks to God for the birth of a son, John Henry, to John and Sarah Schrober. We also give thanks together with Dr. and Mrs. Masaki as they rejoice in the birth of their first grandson, Yunya Shen. We pray for John Babbitts, father of deaconess student Grace Babbitts, as he undergoes heart bypass surgery today. O LORD, HEAR MY PRAYER. Let us, my God, YOU. LET US PRAY. O GOD, YOU HAVE COMMANDED US TO LOVE YOU ABOVE ALL THINGS, AND OUR NEIGHBORS AS OURSELVES. GRANT US THE SPIRIT TO THINK AND DO WHAT IS PLEASING IN YOUR SIGHT, THAT OUR FAITH IN YOU MAY NEVER WAVER, AND OUR LOVE FOR ONE ANOTHER MAY NOT FALTER. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Merciful Father, you add to the generations of mankind. This day we thank you for the births of John Henry and Yunya Shen. By the gracious working of your Holy Spirit, Help them to grow in your nurture and admonition, that they may bring glory to you and serve others in your name. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, in your ministry you healed many with frail and diseased bodies. Be present with John as he undergoes surgery. Bless him with faith in your loving kindness and protection. Endow the surgeons and the medical team with skill and alertness, so that the surgery may help your servant to a speedy restoration of health and strength, according to your gracious will. Hear us for your name's sake as you live and reign with the Father, the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. O LORD, OUR HEAVENLY FATHER, ALMIGHTY AND EVERLASTING GOD, YOU HAVE SAFELY BROUGHT US TO THE BEGINNING OF THIS DAY. DEFEND US IN THE SAME WITH YOUR MIGHTY POWER, AND GRANT THIS DAY WE FALL INTO NO SIN, NEITHER RUN INTO ANY KIND OF DANGER, BUT THAT ALL OUR DOINGS, BEING ORDERED BY YOUR GOVERNANCE, MAY BE RIGHTEOUS IN YOUR SIGHT. THROUGH JESUS CHRIST, YOUR SON, OUR LORD, WHO LIVES AND REIGNS WITH YOU IN THE HOLY SPIRIT, one God, now and forever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with us all.